Motherhood is hard, isn't it? That's why I'm so glad you're here to join the conversation. Welcome to the Mom Life Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Trier, and here we talk about mindset, mental health, protecting our peace, and cultivating habits into our day-to-day that really help us feel our best from the inside out. On today's episode, I had the privilege of interviewing Lindsay Concher. Lindsay is a licensed graduate social worker, owner of copingwithlindsay.com, and author of I Got 99 Coping Skills and Being a B-I-T-C-H Ain't One. After experiencing a rough transition into motherhood, Lindsay decided to take control of her life by prioritizing her needs and integrating her daughter into her life. Now she's on a mission to help other mamas do the same. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation today about the mental load of motherhood, navigating that transition, and learning the best coping skills. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Mom Life Mindset Podcast. I am so grateful to have Lindsay Concher here to talk about all things coping skills when it comes to being a woman, when it comes to being a mom, when it comes to navigating our day-to-day life. So we're just going to kind of jump right in here. I want to hear more about Lindsay's story. I want her to share all the things with you guys and really talk deeply about how do we manage in a coping skills kind of way with everything that we deal with. So Lindsay, let's get started here, friend. Let's talk a little bit about kind of who you are, your motherhood journey, um, and just a little bit about your background. Yeah, totally. So I will start. I'm so I'm a licensed graduate social worker. So it just I just kind of tell people it means I have a master's in social work. I'm I have credentialed experience in mental health, right? Um, and so I received my master's in 2019, and then was married, and shortly after found out we were pregnant. And then the pandemic happened, as it does. Um, and so for, for us, I was actually working at a clinic at the time. And so I ended up becoming a stay-at-home mom before, before my baby was even out of my belly. Um, and so when I transitioned into stay-at-home motherhood, particularly after my daughter actually arrived, it was a really, really, really hard transition for me. I the first like month I was great. I was like in total bliss. And then reality kind of hit and my husband was kind of back at work and, um, it just, and I was experiencing the trifecta of mental illness that moms, especially postpartum moms, um, have. So the postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum rage were all part of my story. Um, and I kind of, you know, ebb and flowed in that for about probably six months before I started really kind of figuring out what the heck I needed to do. Um, and yeah, so, and now, and then I wrote a book and then now I'm expecting my second baby. So we'll see what that brings. So yeah, <laughs> there's my, oh my, my very short <laughs> story. <laughs> but there's a lot there, right? A it lot. Is, there. Yes. When is your second baby due? Uh, two months from today, actually. So yeah, coming Mm -hmm. up, coming up. So I really appreciate Lindsay. Like when I bring women on the podcast and I talk about stories and we share and we interview and, you know, kind of dig into, you know, what our experience has been, you know, I really appreciate your transparency around just the things you managed, right. 
the anxiety, the depression, the rage, the real feelings that so many moms deal with in a lot of different capacities. So I'd love if you could maybe share, was there like one specific story or situation or catalyst that you can think of during that time that really made you say, you know what, like, I know I'm dealing with these you know, intense emotions. I know I'm dealing with these added things that I wasn't expecting. I need to like speak up about it or talk about it. Like, is there one thing that you can think of or a story you can think of? Definitely. I remember my daughter went through a four month sleep regression and I was, I was nursing at the time and, um, and she, and I couldn't pump it never worked for me. So I was exclusively breastfeeding. And so when she went through this regression, all of a sudden she was awake one to two times at night, every time I was nursing, every time I was having a hard time falling back to sleep. So I was so sleep deprived. Um, and I remember just like totally snapping at my husband and I went, I let this go on for a while before I kind of was like, okay, I need to figure this out. So she was probably five months old. Yeah, when I finally was like, okay, like this is bad. And I just remember thinking, I am not the person I want my daughter to see. I am not the person, I'm not the wife I want to be. I'm not the mom I want to be. I'm not, I mean, I'm not anything like right now. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm mean, I'm cruel. And I remember thinking my parents had a really really rough marriage, really, really terrible divorce. And, you know, with that came a lot of dragging us through the mud and everyone else. And so I just knew that if I continued acting the way I was acting towards particularly my husband, but I mean, truly everyone was impacted. If I kept acting that way, we were not going to survive our marriage. Absolutely not. And it was a hundred percent like me holding up a mirror to myself because yeah, there were things that like he was doing, but not, you know, intentionally or, or whatever. And I just remember like that moment being like, I need, I need to do something differently. And so, um, I started just trying to figure out what the heck. And I think for me, because I am in the mental health space, I And I was never like an anxious person before my daughter. I've always been very like (laughs) even keeled. And I remember actually having a conference in the summer before my daughter arrived. And it was a virtual conference because of the pandemic. And I specifically was taking um, uh, the modules or whatever on motherhood and postpartum and perinatal and you know the whole thing right and the course that I was kind of in um or the trainings that I was in were specifically towards postpartum parents so it was both mothers and fathers and after one of the trainings I remember being like oh my gosh my husband's the more anxious one between the two of us his Mm -hmm. symptoms are definitely going to be exacerbated after this baby comes. And so we had a lot of open conversation about how he was going to cope. And, you know, we just really expected him to maybe feel a lot of anxiety after baby. Yeah. And so I never, I was like, I have all the tools in my toolbox. I'll be fine. I'm not going to, this isn't going to happen to me. Right. And then it happened to me. (laughs) And so, yeah. So that's, I mean, just, I really remember thinking and I just like cried for like he was on a he was on a work trip and for like a whole weekend straight I just cried and was like okay 
what the heck do I need to do differently? Because I, this, I can't go on like this. Yeah. And that's, it's a hard realization, right? Especially when you kind of think you have, like, you think you are prepared, like you think you have the tools and then to just kind of be like knocked off your rocker, especially with all the unexpected hormone shifts and so much more that we experience that nobody can prepare you for. Like, it's a little unnerving, right? Oh, totally. And I kept pointing, you know, placing blame, like I said, particularly on my husband, but it was like, if only I had more help here, if this person did this or whatever, like, it was just like, I could play that blame game so much, but until I was finally willing to accept the fact that like, I was the common denominator and, and it was definitely like on me then to figure it out. And of course I could like ask for help after that, but I had to first finally admit to myself and those around me, like, I am experiencing this, these symptoms. I am experiencing just (laughs) a complete and utter overwhelm. Like my hands are up, please help me. So, Mm -hmm. and so that kind of brings me to my, my next question, Lindsay, like I'd love you, love for you to kind of share, you know, once you got to that point, once you got to that realization, like what were the steps you took to get support? And what did that feel like? Was it uncomfortable? What, what was hard about it? If it was hard, like walk us through that. Yeah. So I remember at that point, I actually texted my mom, my mother-in-law, both my sister-in-laws. I think that was it. And I just said like, Hey, just so you guys know, I am definitely experiencing, I think at the time I specifically called out postpartum anxiety, cause that was definitely kind of the main presenting problem, if you will. But I also don't think any of them are truly siloed. Like I think they kind of all operate together. So, but that's another, (laughs) another point. Um, But I remember drafting up a text to the, to each of them. And I I sent it, you know, separately. And I just said, and I was so like almost ashamed to like have to send that text, but I knew I just needed to do it. And it sounds so silly. Like now it's such, even to me, I'm like, that's so ridiculous that I couldn't just say like, oh, I'm feeling really, you know, anxious and overwhelmed about having a new freaking baby. But, um, so first that's what I did. And then I really looked and, and like I said, so my, when I went through all this stuff back in my, my, mostly my adolescence, but my parents were kind of on and off my whole life. And during that time, both my parents pretty, pretty much lost themselves along the way and were really, really absent in a lot of ways. And I remember thinking like, I I have to be the perfect mom because I can't let that other shoe drop. Like I cannot fail my baby. I cannot create trauma for my baby, you know, all the things. And whether she's two months, two years, 20 years, it didn't matter to me. And so then I sought a therapist that specializes in perinatal postpartum care. Um, And I went to her for a while And then, um, I actually ended up the the biggest helper to me was actually a book that I listened to on audible called, um, to have and to hold by Dr. Molly Millwood. Okay. And it was super powerful. So I was just, I was kind of like grabbing at anything that would stick mostly the therapist, to be honest, like I'm a big, big advocate of therapy, but actually she wasn't overly helpful. It was more like the book, just kind of like letting and admitting to myself and the people like in my circle and my inner circle, mostly what was going on. And then really having that open conversation with my husband. And then we were just trying different things. Like, what is it that's going to help me? So 
Um, And was it uncomfortable? Yes, (laughs) incredibly. Everything I did felt uncomfortable and it felt guilt inducing, right? Like it was like, this made me feel guilty if I, if I was going to target by myself for an hour, I was like, so, oh my gosh, I should be home with my child. (laughs) Like just, you know, things like that. So yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's so relatable, Lindsay, like it's just so relatable for so many moms and so many women and many people that I talk to. And even myself, like there's just this shame and guilt unnecessarily around like having these big, heavy feelings when we Mm -hmm. go through this massive life transition. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about having women share their stories and talk about what they experienced, because I believe that the more we talk about just how real this experience can feel in some ways that feel really dark, like the more powerful it will be. And hopefully it'll empower women to just be like, okay, I know that I am experiencing this too, and that's okay. And here's this, here are the steps I need to try to take in order to just help myself feel a little bit better. Um, so again, super, super grateful for your transparency. So I want to kind of use that, you know, you shared a lot about your experience, a lot about your story, a lot about just the feelings that you had. I want to kind of switch gears and move a little bit more towards talking about coping skills because coping skills are something that, you know, you have learned a lot about, you share a lot about, and I want to kind of talk a little bit about that specific topic. So tell me a little bit about with everything that you've learned and kind of where you are now, you know, what coping skills have you figured out how to lean on? What do those look like? Yeah. So I always kind of tell people like coping skills are just really, really simple actionable, tangible changes that you can make in your everyday life, right? Like lifestyle changes should be the first line of defense on anything. So for me, one of the main things I started doing was making myself a priority too. It was like, my daughter was for sure my priority. My marriage needed to be a priority. And then also myself, and it doesn't need to be like, I put myself first, I put myself, you know, whatever. It was just like, where are my priorities? I was not on the list, period. Um, And so first and foremost, that. And then I was really, really intentional and really, really purposeful about figuring out what was going to fill my cup. Like Mm -hmm. I was missing, part of it was, again, we were were in the middle of a pandemic. So the transition was, was challenging on top of like the isolation of what the pandemic was doing. But finally, I was like, I need to see my girlfriends. Like I need just time with them. Like I just, that's like one of the things that just like makes me so happy. And so I took initiative and just said like, Hey girls, I'm missing you. Like, let's get together. And I didn't just say like, I didn't just leave it at that. I was like, you know, how's Saturday at 10, you know, like very intentionally scheduling things. And just because like, I hadn't seen them in months didn't mean that like, they didn't care about me and I didn't care about them. It's just like life happens, but we're so, it's so easy to get caught up in the like, oh, like I miss you. Let's get together soon and just leave it at that. But I was super like, no, like I'm seeing you this week (laughs) and when are you free? Um, And so that was one of the things. And then for me, I love working. I love feeling like a productive person to society and so leaving my career I found was really really challenging and I I, I'm not saying I'm not lucky to be a stay-at-home mom of course I am in a lot of ways but with that I did miss my career particularly in a time where mental health was just you know so we we just really needed 
therapists out there and I'm like, I have these credentials, I have this experience and I'm not helping in any way. And it's like to my core, being a helper is important. Right. And so um, that's part of where my, my book came in was I was like, okay, if I can't be doing, you know, one-to-one therapy, which honestly, I probably wasn't in a headspace where one-to-one therapy would have been super helpful at the time anyway. But then I was like, okay, I have these skills though let me transfer them into a book. And so I really made time to, to prioritize writing this book, which was a t- like a huge creative outlet for me. Um, it felt so good to like dive back into like recent research and like all this different stuff. And we can get to that later. But um, so a couple of things like that, and then like littler stuff too. Like my very favorite thing is to go for a hike or go for just a walk or whatever. Yeah. And I realized I was going like weeks without just going for like a nice walk in solitude with just myself or with my dog. I love just taking my dog Um, and not having to wear my baby the whole time and not having to have conversation or even, I don't even really, I don't listen to podcasts if I'm on a walk, like I am truly in tune with nature. Um, And so it just, I don't know, like I just, for me, it was like, I just needed to do these things. And what I realized was I think in part, I kept waiting for my husband to be like, okay, I'm going to come home at four o'clock. And then why don't you go take a half hour for yourself? Like I was waiting for permission. Yeah. And I didn't need permission to just like do these things that are like, like taking a shower. Nobody needed to be telling me I should probably take a shower today. That was just something I should have figured out. Um, but I think once I started, stopped waiting for people to tell me and, and offer me that space and just start taking up the space on my own yeah. it was a game changer. It was huge. And then, and, and it felt so empowering to be like, oh, and then once I was kind of doing some of that stuff on my own, then I was figuring out how to integrate my baby into some of that. Like now I take her on all my hikes and it's super fun and we love it. And like we did a girl's trip to the North shore and I breastfed her on the trail and she was a, you know, like it was just, it was awesome. Like we can do these things, but we have to show ourselves grace and compassion along the way. And so it depends. And there's so many different coping skills that we could talk about. So tell me if you want to like dive a little bit deeper into those or whatever, but those are kind of like, for me, what I, what I was doing. (laughs) I love, I love those. And I think they're super powerful reminders for women and moms, because it's just really easy to do all the things and forget that, like, we have to count ourselves in and we have to like, take that step to advocating for ourselves. Like we're not, we can't really wait for that to happen. We have to kind of really dig in and say, wait a minute, what is it I need? Or what is it that I need? Like what fills my cup and then taking that action to do it for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. I, I'd love to kind of transition Lindsay to your advice for like a mom or someone listening to this podcast, and maybe they're resonating with your story. Maybe they're thinking about like, how do I get to this place of just taking that action for me? Like, what would be your advice to that person? how would you encourage them to kind of take those steps and use those skills and coping? Yeah, totally. I think the biggest thing is one, get really, really clear on what your needs are. So sit down with yourself, whether you're like, you're a journaler and you need to write it out, whatever, like it is so easy to get lost in our kids and in our lives and then the busyness and chaos and all the things, but really just take that time, whether it's five minutes at night or five minutes and stop scrolling, stop watching Netflix and literally just sit with yourself and figure out 
what do I need? What is going to fill my cup? And if you're having a really hard time even answering that question, because honestly, it can be a hard question to answer, start thinking back to like, what would, one of the questions I ask myself is what would my childhood self be disappointed that I'm not doing anymore? Like for me, it was like, I love doing arts and crafts. Like I'm just like a crafty person, like things like that. So like, okay, sometimes that's really fun for me. Just taking like a wandering waltz down Michael's, the, the craft store, and just kind of finding like I started like making a dream catcher and just like re- weird random stuff, but it was super fun for me. But like you can start there. Um, and also like it, because I think we kind of associate all of this with like self care, right? And I think we start thinking that self care is like indulgent or it's luxurious in some sort of way. And the reality is like, yeah, sometimes like getting a massage might be considered luxurious or it might be considered a really great thing for your lymph system. And now you're, you know, like, like it's just caring for yourself. And so reframing some of that, and I'm not saying you need to go take a day and spend it at the spa, though you should, or can if you want, but, but just really figuring out like the small things that are really going to help you um, take back a little bit of the control in your life. And then once you have that clarity and once you figure out like, okay, this is really what I'm passionate about. This is really what I want to do. This is just a hobby that I want to like start trying again. Great. Like a a woman I was recently working with, um, she loves doing paint by numbers. And she was like, I haven't done it in so long. I'm feeling so anxious. I know I should pull it out again. And I was like, that's perfect. That's amazing. Um, But then communicating that to, to your spouse, to your friends, to your family, to your, like I said, your inner circle and the people that can really support you in making that happen. So whether it's like, I just need time away from my kids for a little while, great. Then your spouse can step up and and do that. Or you can hire the babysitter or you can, whatever it is, but then there is that action step. And the thing is like our partners do want to support us. They just don't know how all the time because we're not necessarily voicing it. So when you, you know, communicate that in a calm, collected manner, if you're like, I always say the halt method is the hungry. If you're, what is it? Hungry angry, lonely, or tired. If any of those things are happening in your life, fix them first and then approach the conversation, you know, not out of like resentment or anything like that, but just really calmly be like, okay, this is what's going on for me. This is what's coming up. Um, And if you have older kids, also a great time to set that example for them and say like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I need to take some time for myself Yeah. And whether, you know, it's something that maybe you can do at home, like say baking is like your thing, but you just never get around to like truly baking anymore. Like mom's going to hang out in the kitchen. I'm just going to bake something. You guys have an hour. You can either find your own activity. You can help me. I mean, right. Like we can include our kids in some of it, Mm -hmm. but while still making it for ourselves and show them that like, I have a voice and I have a way to explain my emotions, which is just emotional intelligence, which we all need. Yes. And so I think that's a really great way to like, just model, like, yeah, we all like mommies are adults too. And we just get stressed and that's what happens, but this is how I'm going to figure it out and problem solve. And yeah. Right. I love all that. So important and so powerful. I think Lindsay, I'd love to kind of pick your brain a little bit more on you know, why you feel like it's so important that we share like this as women, right? Like as moms and as 
just human beings that have these feelings and have these things that come up in our lives. Why do you feel like, especially from like a maternal mental health standpoint, that's Mm. so important to open up the conversation? I just think it normalizes things a little bit, right? Like if you, almost every single woman that I have talked to kind of in like my mom, my mother-in-law's age range. So they're 60, 65, like that kind of age range. Never, never in a million years would they have talked about this. And now that I've started talking to them openly, really openly about my experiences and what I've learned and all the things, um, I, every single woman, like my friends, moms, everyone is like, oh yeah, I experienced all of that, but I didn't have anybody to talk to. And like how lonely and how just like, how exhausting to do this all on your own. Like, like we are, we are human nature is needing connection Yeah, and it is not shameful and it is not. And I mean, right. It's going to ebb and flow. Like any of your mental state is always going to ebb and flow. And so you should never, ever, ever have to do anything that's hard or or easy by yourself, right? Like we need support. And I think it is so important to share even myself. Like I said before, I had all these tools and the postpartum, everything took me by surprise. But what was most surprising is I had never once heard of postpartum rage ever until it was happening to me. And I was explaining it to one of my girlfriends and I was like, I'm just angry. And I, I blow up and I'm so mean. And she was like, oh, I listened to a podcast and I heard about this thing called postpartum rage. And I was like, I'm a licensed mental health practitioner that like does this. And it's never once. I mean, I've gone through the continuing education classes. I've gone through all these trainings. Never once has that term ever come up to me. So interesting. And I was like, this is absolutely wild. It's wild that it's not talked about in general practice. It's wild that it's not like, it's just. So I think it's just a matter of learning it, but I think it is so, so, so important to connect with other women who have experienced it and talk and each experience is going to be unique and different to, you know, each person, which is great. Right. But yes, we absolutely need to share and just normalize it a little bit. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful for your voice, mm-hmm. for your story, for your perspective. Like I have no doubt that everything you shared today in this podcast is going to be incredibly valuable for the women that listen to it. So Lindsay, I'd love to kind of ask you really quickly before we wrap up. I like to ask people that I interviewed this question because I think it's super interesting to hear what everyone says. If you could think of like a mindset mantra or a quote or something that really helps remind you to take care of yourself in the midst of motherhood, what would that be? The biggest one that I even like tell myself all the time is just simple stress less like, and what that means to me is like, I'm about to make a decision for my daughter. Every decision always feels colossal as they do. Even if it's like, what is she eating for dinner? What is going to make you stress less? Like ask yourself that question. Like, right. Like sometimes she'll be like, can we eat outside tonight? And I'm like, no, we eat dinner inside at the dinner. And then I'm like, why can't we eat outside? Why can't I throw a blanket down and put a, make it a picnic? Yes. Yes. We can do that. I don't care. Like, you know, like that's one of the battles I'm not fighting and just the things that are going to make you stress less as a mom. Is it more stressful to have to get 35,000 loads of laundry done today or can it wait tomorrow? Like, right. Like it's just some of this, or is it going to be more stressful for you to not do that laundry because you want it done? Great. Throw on a show, let your kids watch a show and fold the laundry. Like, whatever is going to help you stress less and feel a little bit better, 
do that and give yourself that permission. Cause again, nobody is going to make, no one's going to give that permission to you except for me and us right now. Um, yeah. But just do that. Right. Ask yourself that question because our kids take on our stress. And yeah. so do it for yourself, but also do it for the ones around you and, and the things will get done. And, um, but yeah, just ask yourself, like, is this a big deal? Am I stressing less about it? Yeah, I love that. That's so good. And something that I can <laughs> definitely take away from, right? Like, because sometimes I just have to remind myself like that it doesn't all have to be done right now in this moment in the way I had envisioned. Um, so powerful for us as moms. So thank you so, so much, Lindsay. Before we go, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your book and how people can connect with you online. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Um, so my book is called I Got 99 Coping Skills and Being a Bitch Ain't One. And it is all, it's quite literally a, a list of 99 coping skills um, that are all evidence-based. They're backed by research, but like, it's fun. It's not a textbooky, textbooky book. It's, there's a lot of humor and jokes and I don't know, random things like that in there, but I had an absolute blast writing it and it's been, it's so fun. I just like, I loved it. Um, and I've gotten really good feedback on it. So pick up a copy. You can find it on Amazon um, is the best place. And then you can connect with me. Um, I am coping with Lindsay on Instagram. And that is also my website, coping with Lindsay. It's EY. Um, and then you can also find my book available on my website. That's awesome. Lindsay, thank you so, so much for your time today, for your story, for your perspective. Guys, as she just mentioned, make sure you head over to Amazon look for her book. You can connect with her online um, and would love to just continue to support you in any way that I can, Lindsay. So thanks again for being on the podcast and guys, we'll see you in the next one. Take care. Thank you.